Welcome to season three of the Student Leadership Podcast. We believe you were created to make a difference. So we want to equip you to lead your generation in whatever setting you find yourself in. So whether it's your high school, middle school, college campus, or anywhere in between, we want to help you point others to Jesus. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to the Student Leadership Podcast, and we're going straight in because we've got one heck of a guest today. That would be the one and only Peter Reeves. What's up, bro? What's up, bro? It's good to be on the podcast. I love everyone here. Uh, This is amazing. Dude, look at this guy. And students, you can't see him, but he's just got the best pearly white smile doing the (laughs) dang thing. Oh, my goodness. Also, we have have someone else co-hosting with me today, not Aaron Holt, but... Maybe the the younger, newer 2.0. We wow. got we got Caleb. Definitely better looking. <laughs> Dang, that's a lot. That's a lot of pressure that you guys are putting me on. I don't know if I'm going to be able to live up to this no, hype. Dude, just keep looking that good. Keep looking that good, guys. Uh, if you don't know Peter Reeves, dude travels everywhere preaching the gospel, hyping students up, telling them the good news of Jesus Christ. Peter, it is seriously an honor to have you on the podcast, but here we love to talk leadership. So Peter, I want you to imagine you got 30, 60, I don't know, 200 student leaders sitting in front of you, and I want you to give them a leadership principle that they can take to their schools or youth groups. What are we working with today? Talk to me about a leadership principle. Dude, this leadership principle has transformed my life. It's the thing I think about, honestly, when I wake up in the morning, it's probably one of the last things I think about before I go to sleep. And it's this simple thought. Don't see things as they are. See them as they should be. Don't see people as they are. See them as they should be. Dude, this has been a monumental game changer for me. It's helped me dream. It's helped me, um, it's helped me imagine and plan and see further out. Uh, it has been monumental for everything that I'm doing. I am doing what I'm doing right now because I didn't just look at where I was or what I was doing. I said, man, what should this be? What could this be? It's been a game changer. Hmm. Okay. Let me ask you a question before we get into get into a little bit of a discussion here. Now, are you saying you are the place that you are because you chose to see things as they could be, not as they are? Yeah, I chose to see them differently and it caused me to pray. You know, I was so inspired by so many different speakers and traveling evangelists uh, as I was a local youth pastoring. And even before that, like being a student in ministry, I remember dreaming and envisioning like, yo, I, I, I think I could do that. And that caused me to pray. I began to pray into it, ask the Lord about it. And my journey has been a long one. But I, I would definitely say that uh, today I am where I am, obviously by the grace of God, but also just because I kept I kept seeing it, man. I kept believing for it. And uh, I think that's uh, that's just it, it, it brings a different level of faith into the room and to the environment of what you're doing when you see things as they should be, not just as they are. OK, I, I've got a lot of follow up questions. Let me let me start here. It sounds like some might think, though, that that if they hear you talking about as things should be, first of all, let me ask who determines how things should be? How how do I know you're not just willy-nilly like, this is what I want, and so I think it should be this way. Probably uh, multiple of us would think things should be one way versus another. We might even disagree. So how do you determine what like what is the scope and scale of that? 
Yeah, well, I think this, man, I think if you're submitted to the will of God, right, we always talk about being in the will of God. We're like, we want to be in God's will. I say yes, of course, but what is just as important as God's will is God's ways. So if you're in God's ways, right, like you you have a relationship with the Lord, right, you're constantly staying, you're in constant communication with God, and you're praying, and you're reading scripture, and the Lord is shaping you, right, you're in his ways, man, you can start to dream and start to see and start to believe, man, and you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the story of the spies. You know the story of the spies where Moses sends the people to scout out the promised land? And some people went and they saw just what was. Man, there's giants there. They're huge, right? One grape is like, is massive. And they just saw what was. But Joshua went and saw what could be. He said, man, the Lord is, is going to be able to give us this land. This land is absolutely takeable. He saw all the promise, all the presentation. So I think ultimately to answer your question, who determines what should be is obviously God. He gives you vision, ability, wisdom to see what things could and should be. You know, like the first, the first time I walked into our youth ministry, you know, uh, five years ago at Mount Hope Church in Lansing, uh, we walked in with 14, we had 14 students and two leaders. I didn't just sit there and go, you know, I wasn't dismissing the room like, oh, I don't care about these 14 leaders <laughs> yeah, or yeah, these yeah. two students. But I said, man, this is not how it's supposed to be. I just knew it. You know what I mean? I said, man, we're supposed to be the, the kind of ministry that's reaching a lot of students. So I was like, I don't, I'm not just going to look at the 14. I see 28. Like, let's go. I want every student in this ministry to reproduce, man. And what, what can we do with our leadership team? What should this be? Man, if, if I could have it my way, I think this should be a leadership team of a hundred leaders, you know, fast forward five years later. And now it is just that it, it, it's more than 28 students, but you know, God has blessed it and bless the leadership team. And, and it's a little bit of what I thought it should be. And so I think you have the right to say what things should be when your should be is submitted to the Lord. Ooh. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so Peter, were you always like that? Like when you first got into ministry, were you always thinking that way? Because I know there's a lot Not of students right all. now. <laughs> there's a lot of students right now who are like, okay, that's great. I don't even know where to start. Yeah, so like, where did that start for you and, and how did that affect you and your leadership journey? Bro, it, I was not like this. I am naturally the dude that can find all the challenges, the problems. I'm naturally a negative person. I had, I had to fight hardcore to become the kind of person that is, um, is extremely just not just positive, but someone that just has great faith for, for the moment or for the situation or for whatever I'm doing. Um, and, and I say not just situations, but people as well too, because that's where it started for me. Like I had some students as a, as a young uh, youth pastor, but even before that, like as a student leader, some friends that I won to Jesus that I was like, okay, like now what am I supposed to do with them? Like, how do I help them? Right. And I said, you know, and I started to think about it like, okay, well, what if one of my friends, like, what if I taught them how to pray? Like, what would happen there? And what if I taught them how to give? And what would happen if I, if they, I know I just invited this dude in, I know his lifestyle, but what if one day he could become a student leader? So anyway, what I'm saying is it started with people. And the way I started to develop this skill is I started asking what if questions. What if? Not what, not what if like things go bad. See, this is how I know every student listening to this podcast has faith. Because we we naturally go to like to the worst case scenario. And the worst case scenario is actually a good indicator that you do have faith. It's just going in the wrong direction. Hey, yo. 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah, come on now. <laughs> just go to the wrong, because you're like, well, what if this happened? And what if this went wrong? And what if that doesn't work out? And what if this person says this? It's like, no, no. But what if things do go right? And what if that person changes? And what if the situation flips upside down? What if, what if, what if? What if you, right now you're looking at your youth ministry, you're trying to figure out, man, how do we take this to the next level? How do I help my, my, my youth pastor? And you're saying, man, what if I showed up a little bit early? What if I got some people to do it with me? What if we started to pray after service was over? What if, you know, it all starts with the what if, man. That's okay. how I kind of develop. I, first of all, love this. And you're basically inviting students into to dream, dream with yes. God, alongside God, God-sized dreams. Bro, get your MLK on, dream, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me, let me just, let's just massage this out a little bit more, though. What, what does dreaming actually do for your faith? How does that help a student grow in their faith? I think we've all met a few people with their head in the clouds a little bit, like, oh, this could be so great. But it, but I don't know, help a student that might feel like, is that really going to help me actually lead my school, help my youth ministry? Like, what, what does dreaming oh, actually do for us? Yeah, yeah. If you can't dream about it, it won't happen, right? God, the, the scripture tells us God wants to do more than we can ask, think, or imagine. And if you read it in the message version, it even might drop the word dream in there. Hey, you know? yeah. Shout out to Eugene Peterson. But <laughs> seriously, um, <laughs> he's the author of the message. But like, it, it, it does it does so much good for us because it allows us to envision a world that's not happening. And like what that does, what dreaming does really, the reason I t- encourage people to dream is because it stokes your faith. The Bible teaches us it's impossible to please God without faith, right? So we, when we don't dream, we don't have faith. When we don't have faith, we don't have expectation. And it's expectation and faith that moves the hand of God. Dude, the hand of God can be moved by the faith of people. Look at it in the scripture. The hand of God is what caused uh, Joshua to ask the Lord to keep the sun standing still. All of eternity has shifted because one man had the faith to ask God to stop, stop the sun from moving. Dude, dreaming and believing. Like, uh, this, this is so pivotal because like I, when, when God spoke to Noah, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Like the Lord told Noah one time, one time there's going to be rain from the sky. There's going to be a flood. It's going to flood the entire earth. I need you to build. Right. And so the Lord doesn't explain what rain is or the flood is. So Noah has to dream about what that's going to be like. And off of that dream and off of God's instruction, he builds for 150 years off of one word. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yo, this is what we are called to do. The scripture tells us too. Dreaming leads to visioning, right? Like you, vision is not just a thing we do. It's like, or a thing we believe or see it's an action like visioning. And what I would say about it is like this without a vision, right? People perish. So if we're not dreaming, if we're not imagining, if we're not seeing things, bro, what are we even doing? Here's our vision. Yes. What are we doing? Yeah. That's a great, 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 great answer. As a student. Okay. I'll, I'll say it like this. Like, until I started dreaming about what God wanted to do in my school, I didn't do anything but complain that I couldn't get my friends to come to church. Hey, yo. Wow. Been there. No, seriously. And so that caused me, me dreaming like, okay, what would it look like? What if I started getting the guys on the football team to come to church, right? And then I came up with the idea, like, after coming to, like, honestly, at a Pendale youth camp, got my life wrecked there. And I remember my youth alive missionary, Jason Lambert. Jason's like, bro, he's like, your, your faith won't be sticky until you do something for Jesus. 
And I was like, oh, that's good. oh okay. Yeah. So then I stopped saying, okay, how do I get my friends to church? And I started going, how do I get my church to my friends? So I started a Bible club in my school. And when I went there, you know, like when I started the Bible club, it was just me, this girl, Brittany, who thought I was cute. She never told a lie. And uh, this dude <laughs> no. who breathed real heavy. It was this dude who breathed real heavy. Not and, the like, mouth he breather. He's a mouth breather. This kid was like 14, needed a CPAP machine. I'm like, bro, like it was rough. But then I started dreaming about what this Bible club could be. And it forced me to do some things. It forced me to get up and start fasting and saying, God, this is what I'd like to see. We used to do the 30 second kneel down longest 30 seconds of my life. Right. Like my friends would be walking up to me in the hallway. Like, bro, why are you kneeling in the middle of the hall? You would kneel. Yo, right at your locker, 30 second kneel down. And they'd be like, yo, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm praying. They're like, what are you praying for? I'm like, you, they're like, why are you praying for that? Like, you going to hell. Hey. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> but it caused me to dream. And then when I left, when I graduated, our Bible club had grown and we had saw over 50 kids in our school come to Christ. It was like, bro, how did that come to play? I started asking, what if, what if yeah, God yeah, moved yeah. in our school? Mm, yeah. So uh, one of the questions that we have here is how does this leadership principle help address um, like a cultural problem we have. And I think what first comes to mind for me is, you know, a lot of our, our younger generation, um, they may see social issues or problems and they might speak out about something, but it's always with maybe a negative connotation like, oh, look at this problem over here. Look at this issue here. And you're yeah. saying if we have this bold faith and we have this vision, it it causes us to actually step out in action and actually do stuff yeah. to fix that problem. Can you speak to that a little bit and how like this principle can help maybe fix some things that this generation yeah. is dealing with? Look, I want to encourage this generation. I actually am one of those people that I'm thankful that they speak out. I'm thankful that we have platforms. I'm thankful that we get to hear their ideas. Uh, I'm not one of those people that's like, Hey, get a little more life experience before you can share. No, I think you have something positive to share something good to share, something that could change at least one person's life and you should share. But when we like, I don't just want us to see the issue. I want us to dream about the solution. Does that make sense? Um, and it. so obviously like a lot of people are like, well, I can't like the topic of racism, right? Like we know there's, I mean, we have had more conversation in the last three years about racism than honestly I've ever experienced in my life com completely. But it's like, instead of just being the type of person that, and we all know this type of person, like, you know, like you go, you, you go through a lot and I can say this, right? Like as a black person, my wife is white. My daughters are like, my daughter's brown. My son's like a little bit lighter than that. We look like the United Nations. Okay. So I'm just saying this. As like, <laughs> as group, it's like, you know, that one person, like you go through line and somebody else gets like more back and cheese. You're like, it's because I'm black. Right. It's like, no, bro. Like, <laughs> like the scoop was just, you know what I mean? So instead of being one of those people that like, speaks to the problem like you can start to dream about okay i i see these people maybe that are being marginalized or these people that feel like they're hurt how can i help give them a voice what if what if i were to start a podcast and honestly this is what happened for one of my students is they were like yo a lot of people in our community are hurt uh because of some of the things that are transpiring in the news and the way some people are responding and the way they're feeling so what if we just did these open nights um to give people like a, a space to share what they're actually going through and then we can process because until we can listen to one another, it doesn't matter what our opinions are, none of us can grow. And that was their direct quote. And I just remember them creating these community nights in our local high school for people to come. Dude, there was so much healing. And as a result of those nights, like there was a night where 150 people showed up, 11 people gave their life to Christ. Dude, 
That's, That's what I'm saying. Amazing. Like we, so culturally what, what is going on is we're saying, I have to get my opinion out there. And if my opinion is opposed to yours, I'm not listening to you. There's no space for us to figure out what we agree on. And honestly, this is just what it is. We, 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 uh, we push the issue even further, but I think what I'm saying is like, let's see the issue. I'm not saying don't see the issue. We can be realist. Let's see the issue. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Start to dream about solutions and then give people an opportunity to be a part of solving. Come on, bro. Yeah. It's like what you, what you said at the beginning, like we're seeing people and issues, not as they are, but what they could be and what, and what they should be. And I think that's, that's awesome. That, okay. that ties it all together. I, I got another question. It might be putting you on the spot. So, it's okay if you can't think of something, but my first reaction, I think here in this is like, okay, I'm glad to hear that you, you know, believe this for your youth group, but there's probably some people that feel like, but you're Peter Reeves. You know what I mean? Now I, I know that you're like, bro, I'm just Peter, Reeves. you know, I'm just a normal dude. But I think for, for a lot of people, they're like, well, you know, you're a pastor and you speak and you travel. Do you have, you already shared that gas story about students stepping up and leading out and leading the way in solutions in regards to social justice issues. Do you have any leaders, other youth pastors you brush shoulders with, or maybe even some students that you've seen them have vision, the what if question that you were talking about for their school and what that did, even if it didn't bring about total revival, you know, thousands of people saved. Talk to me about an everyday average student you've seen do that. Yeah. Yeah. Everyday average student, uh, in our ministry, uh, the vision she was trying to have was for her family. She was a first generation Christian. And so she came to Christ because her friend invited her to our youth ministry and she gave her life to Jesus. So I have two stories, one of one that it did bring change and one that's in it right now. So the one that brought change, uh, a young lady in our ministry, she comes, gets saved, comes to a convention with us, youth convention, gets rocked by God, gets called into the ministry, right? Makes public confessions of her faith for Jesus, gets baptized. Her family comes and sees her, gets baptized. And her one mission was, I need to get my family saved. Right. So she started asking and her parents were like, yo, we're totally turned off the church. The first time they'd been to church in 30 years is when she got baptized and she started dream. She started dreaming. She said, man, Pastor Peter, she's like, I see the days. She said, I see the days where my parents are worshiping with me in service. So this is a very practical thing. So she, she goes home and she starts writing in her journal, like, Lord, I want to see my parents come to faith by this day. I want to see us go on a mission trip by this day. I want to see us. Right. And she's starting to write out and, uh, so she practically, because she starts to get pray and ask the what if questions, she decides, she told me this one time, she said, I stole anointing oil from the church. I was like, wow, you <laughs> she stole anointing oil from the church and started anointing her whole house. Like her parents will come home and they'd be like, yo, what does that smell, right? She's anointing the pillows, pimples are popping up on her head. Like she's just, she's doing the whole thing, bro. And she did that. I saw her do that for 11 months straight. And, you know, I, I and you know, every week we would just kind of see her and be a part of that. And anyway, she, her parents end up coming one Sunday. Her dad is a very big man. Like he looks like he could eat me in one bite. And so like, I was very cautious and nervous, like going up to them to talk to them. They come into the service. Eventually what happens is they give their life to Christ at the end of the service, 11 months later. And as they're walking down, she walks out with them. The altar worker standing right there in front of her parents. She pushes the altar worker out the way. She's like, you didn't pray for them. So you're not going to lead them to the Lord. And she stood in front of her parents and led them back to Jesus. Come or on. Led them to Jesus. Bro, that, so I've seen it work. But then I'm also with another student walking through this right now who just texted me this morning. 
and she's praying for her parents. Again, another situation. And watch this. Watch how the dream, right? See things not as they are, but as they could be. This is a God work. Here's, here's what she texted me last night. Literally, true story. I'm about to read to you. She said, Pastor Peter, she said, so last night I had a crazy dream and I wanted to tell you about it. When students text you that, you're like, all right, nah, let me read this uh, with uh, the team. But she said, I want to tell you about it. She said, so, you know, I've been praying about my parents getting saved. And last night I had a dream that you and me were at the church in the chapel and my parents randomly walked in and my mom was talking to you and crying, just thanking you for everything you've done for me. And then you pulled them into the room and taught them about Jesus and they were saved. She said, I usually never remember my dreams, but I woke up remembering every detail and today I'm praying like crazy. Let's go. What? Yeah. What? Don't see things as they are. See them as they should be. And sometimes when we fail to do it, God is gracious enough to when we close our eyes, he exposes us to a dream. She says, I never normally remember my dreams, but now I have a vision. I saw my parents say, I saw them. Dude, actually, let me say this too. In the Bible, you notice when Jesus prays for people, he doesn't say like, I, you know, like he doesn't pray like in my name. I, you know, I wrote Pentecostals in my name. I believe, right? Like he doesn't do that. He just says, okay, be healed. And I think it's this. I think it's because he already has a perspective, a picture of them whole and healed. So he just calls them to what it's supposed to be. Hey, yo, I love that you're saying not just what it could be, but what it should be. And I think that it's a slight word adjustment. It probably could mean the same thing. But you saying that over and over again, I'm like, I love that because it's like, no, this this is right. It is. These people are going to give their lives to Jesus. Oh, I love that so much. And and if someone's like listening to this and like, oh, no, that's too like too like high in the sky. Let me just say this. Start asking more positive. What if questions about any situation you're in? Start asking more. What if situate God? What if this were to change? What about your school? Yeah. About your team? About your family? About your church? About your own life? Start asking the what if questions and watch what God will do. He'll expose you to a bigger world, and um, there'll be some transformation. Come on, come on, dude, Peter absolute fire thank you so much for that and i think we're gonna have a really good discussion um after this in the overtime episode just kind of breaking down like okay how how can we do that where do you start get it get out a pen get out a paper let's start dreaming peter thank you so much for your time hey if students want to hit you hit you up uh tell you thank you maybe text you a dream or two where's a place they could find you Hit me up on MySpace. I'm just kidding. Hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, man, Instagram is definitely my go-to. It's just Peter A. Reeves. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. I'm really good at responding to DMs and comments and all that. So, Peter, yeah. what's the A? Peter A. Reeves? Amos. Like famous Amos. Hey. I got mad biblical names, dog. Peter Amos. Come on. That's, that's how you know. That's why it's so much fire. Hey, students, we believe you are called to lead your generation. Do it with passion for Christ and love for others. We'll see you on the next one.